0: We've been doing a series on Proverbs for the last uh, three and a half months or so, and we're continuing that today. And uh, we've had this premise, we start with this premise that when you're young, you're pretty much an idiot and a moron. And and I know that's a harsh thing to say, and it sounds offensive, but um, I still put myself in that category with you. So um, uh, a few weeks ago, I asked for you guys to give me suggestions that just to show you like possible online videos that might uh, prove my point that young people tend to be uh, idiots and morons. And, um, and so uh, a few weeks ago, Matt Wren told me, he said, hey, there's this video on Facebook or on uh, YouTube, and uh, it's, it's just called Falling. Just Google Falling, and you can watch that. So he watched that like a few weeks ago, and then he said another thing that the people are doing is this thing called coning. Do you guys know what coning is? You got, has anybody here ever coned before? You have done this. You guys have done this? You guys are off my leadership team now. Okay, so um, here's a video of, of what coning is and how idiotic young people are. So here we go. Let's get some volume. That is an adult. Volume, please. Let's just pause it until we have volume. Your computer's on mute right there. There's a little X next to the uh, sound deal. I can see it from here. No, 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 not your computer. Like, the actual YouTube player right there. See the little X next to the deal? Right there. I'll point it to you. Right there. Right, right here. Right there. There we go. Unmute. Hit that right there. No, it's still muted. Right there. Right No, no. Over, over. Right there. That. There we go. Enjoy. Thank you. You had a call? Yeah. And you grabbed it like that? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Now what you want me to do? I'll just eat it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 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 Here, you want some napkins? Yeah. Thanks. No, it's not over yet. It's still buffering. Why is it buffering? I had this thing queued up a long time ago. Oh man, I love. I I love I love YouTube for that very reason. So it's just gonna it's just gonna tease us. Is that what it's gonna do? Man, I I hate technology. I hate technology. All right, so there's no hope, huh? Hi, how's it going? Thank Thank you. All right, just kill it. Man, what in the world? You get the gist of it. Yeah. Just, 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 just cancel it. We're going to spend all day on this. All right, lights, please. Thank you. I love, I love, uh, I love technology. Okay, so, um, so it, it looks like in the last few months things have gone from like planking to falling to coning, and then what's the next thing? What's the next thing? So, so you get the idea. You get the idea. I don't have to. I don't have to show you a lot of video evidence to show you that when we're young, we make we just kind of do stupid stuff. We just do we do things for a laugh. That's pretty obvious. Um, and so, what we've done each week, we've been trying to talk about um, how how Proverbs gives us wisdom for life. We've read a certain verse every Sunday morning for the last three and a half months. So here it is again, once again, verse chapter uh, one, verse seven. Look at the screen. Read it with me. If you go to our next slide, please, that would be the verse they have to read. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And what I have loved about Proverbs is that it's, it's this book that says, okay, if you do this, fill in the blank, then this will happen. If you do this, fill in the blank, then this will happen. It's much like uh, going to the doctor, okay? Uh, this past uh, couple weeks I had this, like, sickness. It wouldn't go away. And so... um. I actually got on this antibiotic, they said, uh, the doctor said, um, okay, when you go on this antibiotic, uh, make sure that you don't like, you're not out in the sun a whole lot, make sure you put on sunscreen, because it's going to make your skin real sensitive. And I'm just sitting there going, yeah, 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 blah, 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 blah. And so I go to the, the, the uh, pharmacy, the pharmacist comes to the window, and he says, you know, make sure that you put on sunscreen when you use the antibiotic, because it's going to make your skin real sensitive. And I'm just like, yeah, 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 blah, 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 blah. Gives me the medication. I take it for a couple of days, I go outside, and I'm thinking, man, the sun seems like really bright today, it seems, it hurts my skin, my, my skin's like on fire right now, and so I'm outside for like an hour, and this is what happened, all right, you see how red my face is, you're like, no, you always look like that, Dave, um, but here, but it like burned my skin, I have like a, a red neck, literally, um, right now, and... Uh, and so what happens, here's the deal, like when you don't listen to people that know more than you know about stuff, this is what happens, all right? This is what Proverbs is. It's a book written by people who know a lot more than we know about stuff, and they're basically saying like, hey, look, if, if you do this, this is what's going to happen from that, which is why I love the book of Proverbs. So today we're talking about uh, a simple topic, words. Words, like what you say with your mouth matters. Your words matter, okay? And so um, it's not just me that says this. Jesus also says this. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, go to that slide with that passage. Jesus says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What he's saying is, if your, if your heart is like a pool of water or your heart is like a river, then your mouth is the waterfall. Right. You cannot separate what you say, what comes out of your mouth from what's in your heart. And so when someone says, you know, I I know I said that, I know I did that, I know I said that, but I'm really I've got a good heart. I'm really a good person. No, you're not. First of all, no one's good without Jesus. No one's good in their own right. No one's good as they stand alone by themselves we're only good in the sense that Christ's righteousness has been applied to us as Christians. That's what makes us good—not our own works, not our own character. And so, if you, if you want to have any idea what's actually in your heart, look at what comes out of your your mouth. Even Jesus says says that much. And so, what I want you to do is to start off and just go through your first three questions. Go, go through questions one to three of your tables. And uh, the first question—I want to explain that just briefly because it may sound confusing. Uh, the question is, why do you think words carry so much power over us? I'm referring to when other people speak words to you, whether it's good or bad, why do those words have so much power over us? Go ahead and discuss your first three questions. Okay, we're going to look at a few passages in Proverbs that talk about this topic. So if you will either turn your attention to your Bible or to the screen uh, in front of us, I'm going to go through these fairly quickly just to make sure we have time for discussion at the very end. Um, But how many of you would say, the last question was uh, supposed to be, um, do you find yourself being, uh, actually I'll just read it straight up to you. Do you feel like what people say about you matters? And if so, why or why not? So how many of you would say that what people say about you, whether you hear it or hear it secondhand, matters to you greatly. Raise your hand. Okay, I'm assuming that everyone else, you're saying you don't really care what other people say about you. Um, so hopefully as we, as we talk about this, you're going to find that you might care a little more than you think you do. That's my hope. Because I, I, I'm under the impression that, that everyone truly cares about how they're perceived, especially what people say, say about them. So look with me on the screen or in your Bible at uh, chapter 12, verses 17 to 18. This will be our first passage. Chapter 12, verse 17 to 18. And here's what it says. Whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a false witness utters deceit. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. There's a lot to look at in this passage, but I want to focus on one major truth, and it's this. Words have power. What you say matters. Words have great power. Words have immense power to do great destruction or to to do great things. And so words have power, either way you look at it. So um, the first part of the passage, he says, Whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a false witness utters deceit. I want to ask you a question, just just us. Here is a question for you: How seriously do you take lying and deceit? How seriously do you take deception? You know, um, the Ten Commandments. One of the Ten Commandments is, "Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not lie." But do you ever notice how? um whatever's on that list of the obvious sins those are the ones that we tend to be like yeah 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 i know that i know that's a sin but pff, i mean who really cares? it's like speeding right right it's not a i mean who really cares i mean it's just words i, I that's how we think it's almost like the more well known the commandment is it's almost like we look at it like, okay, the more important God thinks it is, he put it in the Ten Commandments, the lower we see it. It's like this reverse psychology of the more God thinks about this command, the less we tend to see it as as sin, right? And like, yeah, 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 cheating. I mean, yeah, I know that's wrong, but, I mean, I've got to get a good grade. I've got to get, I mean, I've got things I've got to do, Right? So how seriously, just look at me, how seriously do you take lying and deceit? How seriously do you take deception? Do you take it as serious as God takes it? Because he takes it very seriously. He takes it very seriously. So think about that. As you relate to your parents, your your siblings, your friends, how serious do you take the sins that God takes very seriously? How serious do you take lying and deceit? In verse uh, 18, it says... Rash words are like sword thrusts. I mean, isn't that a vivid picture? I mean, can't you just, you just, you have felt that before, I am sure of it. When someone says words to you, you literally feel like a piercing in your soul. Do you not? You've experienced that before. You, your, your body literally has a sensation. Your body literally has a certain reaction. As the words hit you, it is like a sword going into your chest. You have felt that before you have felt that before. This is why people say things like, he stabbed me in the back. They don't mean literally, right? You're like, really? Where? Like, let me see, right? But he stabbed me in the back. It it, it hurt like a sword going into my back. And the, the problem with this is the person who's really reckless with their tongue, this kind of person, they're like, yeah, I'm so, I'm sorry I said that to you. I'm sorry. And you're sitting there going, well, that doesn't do anything to fix the gaping hole in my back, right? Like, there's a wound left there after what you said. There's a consequence because of what you said to me. If you stab someone in the back with a sword, you can pull the knife out, pull the sword out, but it leaves a wound. In the same way, words words can be sort of taken back. Words can be apologized for, but there could still be a wound. If not a wound, at least a scar that's left by the wound. And I know that in a room, I mean, every single person in the room has been wounded. I know it. You've been wounded by what someone has said to you. It could be a parent. It could be a sibling. It could be a really close friend. You have been wounded by what someone has said to you. You've experienced this verse firsthand. If there's any question on the truth of Scripture, If you read a verse like that and you go, yeah, that's happened to me before. It's not that I have any question about that being true. That is a true verse because I've experienced it before. I've experienced that play out in my own life. You've been wounded and you've experienced this kind of thing. Look at chapter 18, verse 21. Chapter 18, verse 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So very simply, words can kill. Words can kill. Now, you might say uh, to someone, oh, come on, just get over that. They're, They're just words. I mean, they're just, you know, just syllables coming out of my mouth. That's all it was, right? But reality is words can kill. Words can bring about death. Words can bring about death. What are you guys laughing at? Is there a fork on my shirt? No? Oh, okay. I told you my voice would crack at some point. Everyone's going, a fork on his shirt? What's he talking about? You had to be here Wednesday evening, just so you're aware. Okay, yeah. Um, so words can kill. Words can kill. If If you've ever been in a situation where someone had said something very hurtful to someone else, you can literally see that person psychologically, emotionally, just implode. Literally. I mean, just implode. Like their spirit is just gone. Because this person said this, words just killed that person. It killed him. I see this with, uh, with my own son. If I, if I light into him over something, say some things I need to take back and ask forgiveness for later on, I have seen it literally crush him. I have seen the power of my own words just literally kind of crush my son and his spirit and him say, literally, at four years old, he understands this truth. He says, says, Daddy, when you said that, it hurt me. And I'm going, wow. Wow. Even my son knows this to be true. Guys, please stop messing around over there. Can you just stop? No, no, you two right here. You guys right here. Yeah. Just stop. Cut it out. So... I think I lost my paper. Here, hang on a second. Nope. So look at uh, chapter 16 verse 28. It says this. It says a dishonest man spreads strife and a whisper separates close friends. We also see here again words can kill. Words can kill you psychologically and emotionally. They can also kill relationship. They can also kill Friendship. Words can do huge destruction and damage on a friendship. You guys know this to be true. I'm not saying anything you don't already know. But there's also this person that I would call the third person um, that sometimes can wedge between friends because of what they say. So they go to this person and say this. It might be a lie. It might actually be true. But what this person says drives a wedge between those two other people. Every year... When we have a new freshman class of girls come into our youth group, I give them a little mini speech. And here's my speech. I'll give it to you now. Basically, it goes something like this. I say, okay, girls, you come into our youth group. You're a freshman. Everyone's happy to be in high school. Everyone's like, oh, we're so glad to be in high school. We feel like we're adults now, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and there's usually like large groups of girls that are friends, right? They're, they're kind of in large groups. They, they all like each other. They all get along fairly well. And I say this. I go, look. In about a year to a year and a half, something demonic is going to enter each one of you, all right? And what's going to happen is you're going to have, like, this girl hates you now. This girl has a boyfriend, so you hate her now. This girl um, stab you in the back. And what happens is I see this every every couple years where the girls that come in, there's five or six that are really good friends. By middle of sophomore year, they're down to two and they're still friends, right? Because this person went off over here, this person went off over here. It happens every cycle, every cycle. Middle of sophomore year, everything hits. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is, but it happens every every other year. And I'll tell you, it often goes back to this verse where words have separated friends. Sometimes it's just sin. At times, it can just be sin gets in the way, and there's one girl's going this direction, one girl's going that direction. It's, it's the natural byproduct of people just fo- not following Christ or following Christ. But sometimes it's literally just words that have killed the friendship. Wor- things were said, words have literally put the friendship to death. And so some people think, well, it doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what I say. Yes, it does. It matters greatly what you say. Words can literally kill. They can kill relationships. Look at chapter 10, verse 19. 10, verse 19. It says, when words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. I want you to get this, what this is saying. You're actually at the wrong verse there. Go to um, verse 10 and 19. It might be the previous slide to that one. There we go. When words are many, transgression is not lacking. I love the the way that's said, right? So what it's saying is, usually the way it works is the more you say, the more you sin. The more words you use in a conversation, typically, the more you go down the pathway of sin. You ever have this happen to you before where a friend, you know you shouldn't say something about another person, but this other friend comes to you and says, so did you hear about so-and-so? And you're like... Yeah, but I don't want to talk about it. And they're like, Well, I mean, come on, just tell me a little bit. And you're like, Okay. All right. And <laughs> you just start into it and and you find yourself like giving them a verbal essay of what has happened, right? You're like adding footnotes, you're adding pages in, in your mind. You're just you're adding. I mean you're just you're just going off with this person, just telling them every little detail that you know about this person. And there's something in you you feel like you can't stop that. You feel like I, I know I need to stop saying this, but I literally can't stop talking about this. And, and what this verse is saying is that um, you've got to use wisdom and discretion and discern when it comes to what you say and how you say it because it is so difficult. Restraint is so difficult in those kinds of situations, is it not? It's very difficult. Look at chapter 18, verse 6, and I love this next verse. It's my new life verse. Chapter 18, verse 6, and I apologize, the, the, you're he- hearing like a gurgling from this uh, monitor. Do you guys hear that up there? It's like a monster on the roof, I think, or it might just be a sound issue. I'm not sure which one, but um, chapter 18, verse 6, uh, here's the verse. It says, a fool's lips walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. I love that verse. That is a great, that verse is going to go on my office, in my in on the wall in my office at some point. If you guys could just maybe get that frame for me, I would really appreciate it. Um, but a fool's lips walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. I love just the way that's worded. I mean, think about this. You ever know someone who walks into a room mouth first? They're just always running their mouth all the time. And not just saying stuff, but they're always saying stuff about people. They're always saying, they're always challenging people, always saying things about like, you know, if a guy has a, a, a great game, they're bringing the guy down. If a girl has a great game, they're bringing that girl down. They're just always, always, always talking. And you just want to go, you know what? I'm going to consider your words an invitation to give you a beating, right? Right? That, that's kind of what you feel like doing. You're like, yeah, I got the invitation in the mail and here's the delivery, Right? So, this is, I used to live with a guy like this. Uh, Cordy knows the guy, Peter. She knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> but he's not here, so I can talk about him. So, um, but here's the deal. This guy named Peter, this guy would run his mouth continuously. I mean, he was just the kind of guy, it was just like a, it was like he would just turn this crank and words would just be like, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, will you just shut up, right? And, and this guy literally I live with this guy for like two and a half years, and, and I will say I'm not going to say I was ever the person that did this, but I can attest that he did catch several beatings in our house on several occasions, okay? Now, nothing too bad, but just to kind of put him in his place, and here's the deal, guys. I'm not saying this verse condones that kind of behavior, the beating part. <laughs> I'm talking about it's just saying that that's what might happen to you if you're this kind of person, right? This might be the end result of, of some of your words. And so the question is, are, are you that kind of person? Are you the kind of person who just literally people want to beat you up because of the things that you, that you might say, that you might say? So look at the next uh, one, chapter 24, verse 26. 24, verse 26. another very strange verse that you're going to be like, what in the world is this saying? 24 verse 26, it says, whoever gives an honest answer kisses the lips. What in the world is he talking about on that one? So let me explain this to you. It's actually not as complicated as it seems. Um, In the ancient world, this is not referring to like a makeout session, okay? Uh, This is not what it's (laughs) referring to. So um, get that out of your mind right now, but the, um, the the main idea is that in the ancient world, people would often greet with a kiss, sometimes even a kiss on the lips as a greeting right I am so glad we have we have gone on from that uh, that whole deal <laughs> that 's just kind of weird, um, but they would literally have a greeting with like a kiss on the lips right and uh, and so what it 's saying is that this this kind of greeting would show loyalty and affection for that person. It's a way of showing that you're loyal to them, you're a friend, you're loyal, and you're showing them affection. And so it's really simple that giving someone an honest answer is the same thing. It's like showing loyalty and affection for the friendship, all right? You can also say that, okay, well, well kissing, I mean, God created us as sexual beings, kissing is enjoyable. Giving an honest answer is simply just, it's an, when you hear that, you're like, that's, thank you for telling me the truth. Thank you for for giving me an honest answer. That's an enjoyable thing, right? Because so few people tell the truth when someone actually does it, you're like, wow, that's like a breath of fresh air. That's like a kiss right on the lips. Thank you so much for that, right? And so next time someone tells you the truth, you can look at them longingly in the eyes and go, can you do that again, please? (laughs) Really freak them out. You're like, this is the verse I'm using to to say that, right? So, but here's the the situation. Giving someone an honest answer is so rare and so foreign to most of us that when when it's done, it's showing loyalty and affection for that friendship. I want you to go back to chapter 18, verse 21. I want to come back to this verse because... I'll read just the first part of it again. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And not only can words bring death and destruction, but they can also bring great healing. They can bring great healing. And there's several ways this can happen. Words can deliver death, but they can also deliver life. Have you ever had someone, listen to me, have you ever had someone speak words into your life that brought life to you that you felt like that that totally just filled me up that totally encouraged me that that brings life like you literally walk away from the conversation feeling like a little bit lighter feeling like just that was awesome their words brought life to me you may not say it that way you don't understand what what's going on there but you know that it had that result in fact uh I mean, even just this morning, someone said something to me that um, just really encouraged me. And I walked away from that going, that, that was so what I needed to hear. And it encouraged me. It, it filled me up. And um, in the same way, you guys are doing impact. Uh, we'll have training in a few moments. And impact is another example of when, whenever someone encourages you in your gifting, whatever that gifting is. There is something about that that brings life to you. There's something about that that makes you say, yes, I, I needed that. I needed that because that, that, brings, that brings life to me. So are you someone who speaks those kinds of words into someone else's life, words that give life to someone rather than words that bring, bring about death? I want to look at uh, a couple of passages in the New Testament. You don't have to turn there. You can look at the screen. But um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 And Paul uh, says to the Ephesians, he says, he says, uh, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Now, did you catch the last part of that verse? That it may give grace to those who hear here. So we see there that words can actually give grace. Here's what that means. I want you to, this is a really profound thought. I think it doesn't just mean, um, I, I think what it means is that your, your words are like a pipeline for God's grace. So it's not just in a sense that, that God gives grace, but your words are like a pipeline into someone else's life of God's grace that when you say words to people, certain kinds of words to people, it actually brings grace into their life. Is it any wonder that, that many people reject Jesus because of how we act and things that we say? But when you flip that around and, and you become a conduit, a pipeline of God's grace into someone else's life, that is powerful. That is powerful. And so words can actually give give grace for someone. And I want you to think about uh, the creation story now for a moment. When when the Bible says that, that God created, how does it say that he did that? How did he do it? How did he create? He spoke. He spoke a word. He spoke. He said something. And so there's this deal with God where God has this ability, because he is God, to literally create things by his words. Create create new realities by his words. And he doesn't just do it at creation, he actually is still doing it today. He is still doing it today because when you, when you go to his word, his written word, I love the fact that Gary spoke on the word because it t- so ties into this. When, when God gives us the written words on the page, there's an element to where when you read that, It creates new realities in your heart and soul. It creates it creates new realities in you. It's still creating in you to this day, and so I want to show you an example of just how this works out, um, how a truth can literally change you. And so in Romans chapter eight sixteen, Paul says this. He says the spirit bears the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And you might think, well, I've always known that we're children of God. If you're a believer in Christ, you've surrendered life to Christ, then, yeah, we're, a belie- then, then we've, we're children of God. We, I already know that. But I want you to get this. Can you imagine hearing this for the first time? Can you imagine hearing this? If you're, if you're someone who has no parents or don't have any good parents, hearing this verse for the first time, that God literally considers you like one of his children, that you're like his child, That he is your real father. Can you imagine how that word creates a new reality in your heart and soul? And as you meditate and think upon that and believe that, that how that changes your whole outlook on life. God's word creates a new reality in your soul, in your heart, in your mind. This past week, um, I'll tell you how this happened for me. Um, my wife can attest to this. We've been going through this, this budget crunch. We're trying to get out of debt as quick as we can, and it's miserable. <laughs> it is. It's miserable. And so we're crunching the budget. We're like, we've got to pay this much for debt every month. So we can get out of debt by the end of the year, blah, blah, blah. So we're doing all this budget crunch stuff, and I am literally at times becoming obsessed with, like, money and budget and what else can we cut. I'm so sick of being in certain kinds of debts. So let's just try to get this thing knocked out. And, and she's really kind of sick of hearing about it, too. I'll tell you that. And so, um, so we're trying to go through all this. And it's like I find my mind just being obsessed with money and, and uh, just obsessed with those kinds of things. And so I go to read my Bible on Friday for a little while. And guess what passages I'm supposed to read? Just following the schedule. Guess what passages are all right there? All the ones about money. In Proverbs, right? They're all just kind of put together in this daily Bible I'm going through right now. And I just sat there and, like, thought about that, meditated upon that. I'm sitting there thinking, God, you put this here for a reason because you want a new reality created in my heart and soul to not be so consumed with this idolatry that I'm caught up in right now, and you want to release me from that. Yeah, still make good decisions, still make wise choices, but don't be consumed by it. And I had to go and confess. I had to go and repent. And that's a daily thing. And so I want you guys to close out by discussing your last uh, five questions at your tables. Go ahead and discuss. And then pray whenever you're finished. Go ahead and discuss.